Welcome into Locked On Knicks, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and Alex. It's that time of year that gives me a deep sense of excitement, but also an animalistic fear. It is lottery day. The Knicks have the 11th best odds. Probably won't move up, but they probably won't move up. What are we going to talk about today? <laughs> well, we're going to dare to dream one last time before our hopes get taken away from us, as they always do. I almost find it more likely that the Knicks will end up picking 12th than 11th uh, by the time that today is over with. Uh, but we'll be talking about what the odds are, give everybody a primer in case anybody's not familiar with how the system works. And then one last time, we'll talk about the, la the top four or so prospects and talk about what our strategy would be if the Knicks do move up, which we'll probably not get to talk about after today. So we'll, we'll get in one last shot there. But that that's all coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Stop. Yes. Up, up, now fires it. And he's good. And he's fouled. And he's Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where we've had a great run of guests the last couple of weeks. So if you missed any pods or if you listened to them on audio, but you want to see what people look like and how wacky we all are, uh, you can check that out on YouTube. I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play -play broadcaster uh, for Flow Sports, for the Varsity Media Sports Network, for the NFHS Network. There's a whole bunch of places you can catch me. Um, there was one much more relevant place you can catch Alex Wolf. That is the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website on the internet, available um, on all social platforms at the Strick.land. And it is lottery day, so we are getting ready to be crushed, as always. But Alex, I, I feel um, almost as if I'm getting to throw it to Jim Nance to uh, intro the Masters right now. This is a tradition like no other. You breaking down the lottery odds, the, the, the minuscule chance our New York Knicks have of moving up into the top four of the NBA draft. Yeah, it's the most minuscule it's been in a while uh, this year. You know, there's no, uh, well, other than last year, obviously, when they made the playoffs. But, you know, usually they're at like the eight spot or so. So there's a little bit more of a glimmer of hope. Though maybe this is just the karmic, you know, balance that the Knicks need to, to make this work. But at any rate, the Knicks have the 11th odds out of 14 in the draft lottery. So as you can imagine, that is not a particularly advantageous spot to be in. Uh, so they have a uh, the the prevailing thing that will probably happen is they have a 77.6% chance of just sticking at pick 11. Uh, they also have a 12.6% chance of dropping down to 12. So they're definitely going to drop to 12. Unless, of course, they drop to 13, which they have a 0.4% chance of dropping to. And then there's like a, a slightly greater than 0.0% percent chance that they end up in the 14th spot so actually maybe it's that no i don't know i don't want to be too pessimistic uh let's let's have a little bit of optimism so the odds of moving up into the top four uh it is of course ever since the ironically the first draft that the knicks tanked for uh in a number of years in 2019 ever since that year it has been the top four that are in flux it used to always only be the top three that you can move up into out of the lower positions, but they changed that rule up to allow a little more, a little more moving and shaking in the draft lottery. And actually, I mean, 
the Knicks have a much better shot right now than they would have had prior to 2019 to move up too. So in the case of this year, it's actually not a bad thing that the Knicks, uh, you know, are in the 11 spot versus, you know, if they'd been in the 11 spot in like 2018 or something like that. Uh, so they have a 2.8% chance of moving up to number four. They have a 2.4% chance of moving up to number three. They have a 2.2% chance of moving up to number two and a even 2% chance of moving up to number one. Grand total, just under 10% chance of moving up into the top four. I think no matter what, if you hit the uh, – I hear the, the alarms are going off. If five alarm fires – Yeah, 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 big... yeah. There's too much optimism, Alex. you gotta, you got to <laughs> rein it in a little. <laughs> I always love when the sirens work with the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I probably alarm... had this time. Yeah. <laughs> five alarm fire. If the Knicks move into the top four, no matter what position they move into, that is big time found money, especially considering – some of the guys we've discussed in recent episodes, like Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp, they could be really good fits there uh, at, and available, you know, at that fourth pick, presumably after the the more or less consensus top three of in whatever order you prefer, Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith Jr. So, uh, Gavin, I, how are I, I guess before we before we move to next segment, talking about what players we would target, I mean, how do you feel on this particular draft lottery you know i i i feel like a lot of years i've come in with more hope maybe the knicks just broke me more than usual this year but i sort of find myself just being like i don't really care (laughs) like if they you know my my tune is going to change very much if they move up but as of right now i'm kind of just like eh. like yeah if i if i didn't even have to watch the lottery tomorrow i don't know if i would i might just check later and see if they won because like it just yeah. it feels like about the rough equivalent of actually buying a lottery ticket this year. Doesn't it? I don't. I don't know if you. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like whenever I watch, like I'm I'm hurting their chances almost. I'm like because I just feel so confident. Like when it gets to the slot that they're supposed to be in, that it will be revealed as the next card, and I feel like I'm I'm almost like manifesting it. I'm like, all right, there's no way that it's not going to be that. So uh, this year I'll be I'll be broadcasting a game, so there's a, there's a decent chance that I'll miss it, which I think could could be good for everyone, but. I don't know. I feel I feel good in the sense that I don't really have any expectations. Like to your point, when they're a little higher up, when they're at eight or five, six or four, I mean, I mean, God forbid, the, the year that they were at one, um, you have those insane. Like we we were together the year that they were at one, um, mm-hmm. the Zion draft. I'm like at a pack bar full of Knicks fans. Uh, ESPN's Marty Smith was there. It was like a whole scene, and it was almost. And and to be fair, like that didn't go terribly. Like they ended up with the third pick, which was about the average result that they could have had in that draft, but it, it almost felt like too much hype, too much focus. I almost think the Knicks have, and this maybe this is tough to say, but I feel like they've built up some good karma with the basketball gods and that for the first time in forever, they're actually building the right way and that they have young players and they have all these guys that work hard and play their asses off. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the year, but, but like you, I'm, I'm feeling uh, lu- lukewarm at best uh, heading into this endeavor. Yeah, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm feeling whatever about it, I guess. I mean, so I'm looking up some past year's results now. I mean, I feel like there has been some leaps up in recent years, but maybe I've been sort of imagining Wasn't that. Wasn't Memphis going up to get Jaw? Like they were, I think they were right around 11. For that yeah, that was, draft. I feel like the first year that they flattened the odds was probably the biggest one. Like, yeah. so Memphis had a 6% chance of getting the number two pick the year that they got it. Uh, New Orleans had a 6% chance of getting the top pick when they got Zion. 
the one that was really dubious out of that, and which actually should give the Knicks fans maybe some hope, is the Lakers that year. All the, <laughs> the Lakers, primed to trade for a star, magically somehow end up with the top four pick, uh, with the, the fourth pick in the draft, despite only having a 2% chance of moving up to that spot. So, you know, I think maybe that it, more so than anything could uh, could be, you know, if you believe in the tinfoil hat stuff, maybe that helps you justify being optimistic because maybe the league is like, oh, you know, Donovan Mitchell might want out this year or whatever. Maybe the Knicks will be in on that. Maybe we should give them a top four pick so that they have something to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Um, other than that, like the, the Charlotte Hornets had a 6% chance of moving up to three for LaMelo Ball. Uh, and in last year's, there wasn't really any huge movers last year. Uh, Toronto had a 7.5% chance of getting to number four. That was the, the steepest odds that were overcome in last year's lotto. So yeah, I, 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 I guess I would just say, you know, if, if you're a tinfoil hat type of lotto person and you think that it actually is rigged, maybe there's, maybe there is a case for optimism this year. Maybe there's something to be said for like, the league recognizes that the Knicks were good last year and it was it was a fun time and it was good for the league and whatever. And then they were bad this year. And now they're like, well, we should make the Knicks good again. And whether that's by giving them a top pick that they could spend on a good player or whether they use that pick to, to trade for, you know, Donovan Mitchell or whatever. Maybe that's the move to do. So I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're on the verge of the first Knicks moving up since Patrick Ewing. But uh, I, I'm not buying it because again, it's it's been since Patrick Ewing that the Knicks moved up in the draft lottery. So I'm I'm not really going to be uh, counting my chickens at all here before they hatch. Well, you know what, Alex? If it does go poorly, uh, let, let's let's give people a couple different ways they can feel better. The first suggestion would be to go on Prize Picks and make some easy money. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? You need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and we know you will too. It's super easy to use. You can pick. Two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, and they offer any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. They offer mixed sport entries as well. Uh, you could say, will the Rangers uh, lose their series before the Yankees lose two games in a row? I don't know. Both both are rocking out for me right now. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer, but offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code MBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code MBA for $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. And today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. And I'm going to make history, Gavin. I'm going to I'm gonna take a bite of a Built Bar on stream for the first time because I'm actually kind of hungry. Yeah. Uh, I went I went to the gym and like I need a little protein cut. I feel really <laughs> rude chewing with my mouth open. It's amazing and, that this took three years to happen. I know, I know. I, it's just because I feel rude doing what I'm doing right now and eating while I'm giving a live read. But I mean, I could tell you right now if I closed my eyes and I imagined dipping my finger into a tub of birthday cake frosting. That's oh my God, it. I'm so sorry, it's so good. And then <laughs> and then you know ate it, whatever, I would think that this was actually birthday cake frosting because I'm eating a birthday cake built puff right now. Mm. And it's amazing. The best part is that that bite that I just took, I don't know, what was that, like a quarter? Like a quarter of that good. Bar, 
Yeah, it was pretty good. That quarter of a built bar had four grams of protein in it. So my workout that I just did today, I'm well on the road to recovery from that because I got four grams of protein out of a quarter, which for those of you that are math people at home is uh, 16 grams of protein per bar compared to just 150 calories. And that's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. And if you guys haven't tried Built Puffs yet, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. That's what friends do. That's what people that are rude jerks that eat on a stream do. Uh, <laughs> they're chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bars. Yes, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. In the case of this one, white chocolate with sprinkles in it because sprinkles make everything better and sprinkles are for winners. And I had a good workout today. So that's why I get sprinkles on my built bar again with just 150 calories compared to a whopping 16 grams of protein and only nine grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option. If you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day and all built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now because you never know when they're going to leave it is the limited time flavor and unfortunately limited time flavors means the rug could be pulled out at any time you could be left without birthday cake puffs so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order of birthday cake puffs as well again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and gavin we're back to discuss I, I'm I'm very full now. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm gonna eat the rest of that in a minute. Maybe while you're talking, maybe I'll mute myself sure. and finish it. Um, <laughs> little lock on Nick's uh, ASMR for everyone. Yeah, little treat for the YouTube crowd. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe I could do the ASMR. That's a great filler. There you go. That, that's yeah. that, that's your spinoff. <laughs> that's the that's the end of the show. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> at any rate, we've given the odds. We know what the chances are. The Knicks moving up, uh, assuming that they don't take their their rigged uh, lottery entry from Adam Silver and trade the pick for a Donovan Mitchell, uh, I thought it could be fun to maybe for one last time speculate on who we would take if we had certain picks. Now, I think, I don't know, are we, are we in agreement that pick one through three, you would wind up taking whichever is left available of, of Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, or Jabari Smith? No, we're not. Uh, oh, I'm, okay. I, this is this is this is crazy, but I, I've thought about this a lot. I might have Shaden Sharp as my number one guy in the draft. At this wow! Point. All right. Well, Which, so that that leads me right in. So I was going to say, would pick one. So are you are you saying if if they get number one, you might take Shaden Sharp? Yeah, I think so. And I think out of those four guys, he's. I mean, Jab him him and Jabari would be the two for me with the highest ceiling. And I would, it, it's close between them, but I'd say Shaden highest ceiling. I would say Jaden easily the lowest floor because we've seen like a, a bunch of dudes like I'm um, Jaden Hardy, assuming I'm not getting his name wrong guy who could have been a top five pick coming out of high school, went to the G league. Now it's going to go in the twenties. Like that, that could have been Shaden sharp, like with a different trajectory. So in, in that sense, massive, massive risk, but man, I just, I buy the shot with him. I buy the um, like on ball creativity. I buy the toughness on defense. I buy the passing. I think his athleticism around the rim will convert to some extent. And, and to a large degree, it's about the questions I have about the other three guys just being stars in the NBA. Like, I think Bancaro is is going to be really good as a baseline. And he's I'm, – I'm, him and um, Holmgren, just to a slightly lesser degree because of the weight, I'm, I'm pretty certain are going to be, like, either all-stars or just below all-stars. But with Bancaro, there's just a lot of RJ overlap. And I know he's – He's probably like a little bit of a better shooter and it, it matters that he's four inches bigger and smoother. Like that would, that would change RJ's game completely to have that kind of size. Uh, but I just don't see like, like I, and this is an unfair comparison, but 
I, I when I watch him, I think of what Jason Tatum was like at Duke. And I don't see the, quite the same elasticity there and just like how intuitive it was where, where it just looks so easy at all times for Jason Tatum. And Bankero stretches like that, but it wasn't with that kind of consistency. Sharp just has that smoothness. He has the shot. And I think for the Knicks specifically, they really need that kind of guy. Like Smith would be pretty interesting playing off of Ardrey just because he's such a great shooter. But as we've talked about, the handle's a real issue. Holmgren would be great, but you already get a lot of what he gives defensively with Mitch, and obviously Holmgren is on is in a different universe offensively. But I'm not so confident that he's going to be a 20-plus point-per-game scorer that I'm giving up on Sharp. So I know that was that was a left turn, but I think for the Knicks, like they need that star creator wing, and I think Sharp is more that guy than Bencaro or Smith are. Yeah, I think, if, I think if you get the number one pick and you go with Shaden Sharp, you have to have already had him in for like – 14 workouts like yeah you can't give him the kevin knox of like he comes in no. and he smokes like Jaden ivy or whatever and then just be like boom done number one like because mm-hmm. you need to somehow replicate the amount of tape that you could have if you know you would if you had gotten to see him play in college or with the g league ignite or like with any of the overtime elite you know anything anything with some tape you know because he just he hasn't had much tape in the last like year and a half almost two years like because of covid so yeah i i'm sort of with you like i i would maybe make that move if i take say a walt perrin to a you know to to a workout and walt perrin walks away and says that's the dude right there that is that is our guy that is the next superstar like he's he's the guy take him at number one thank me later it'll be fine you know don't worry about the the lack of tape and and all that stuff if there's any questions at all though it gets a little harder. Like I still think right now, short of seeing sharp go and like put up 55 a game in, uh, in uh combine scrimmages. I, I think I'm leaning still towards Chet. Uh, I've been a Chet believer. I feel like Chet has sort of gotten Chet and Ben Carroll. Both are going through this. I feel like where they're getting a little bit slept on now because they both, they fought for the number one and two designation for so long that, it's almost like the RJ Barrett effect where it not to say that I think it was wrong that RJ went three in his draft, but like there was, there was a lot of overthinking when it came to RJ about like, I mean, we literally had these discussions on our pod. Like, should you take Jarrett Culver over RJ Barrett? Like, should you take this, this guy, that guy? And there are a couple guys who like Garland, maybe you could, you could argue like, Oh, that, that would have worked out better. But you know, the, some of the guys that we were bringing up like Deandre Hunter, like uh, Culver, um, we didn't really talk about Cam Reddish much, but some people would have him in that discussion, you know, for the number three pick back then. You know, it's like people start to overthink things a little bit. And I think that's sort of happening with Chet and and Paolo now at this point. Um, that said, I'm probably I, – I think my top three, I, it's still in that order, you know, the, the consensus guys. I think I would actually go Chet, uh, Jabari, and then Paolo, I, mostly just because I think – I don't know what's doing it for me with Jabari because I actually have a lot of concerns with him. I feel like I've actually with him, I've gone downhill a little bit. Like I don't like him as much as I did uh, in the beginning of the process, because the more I look into him, the more I'm like, uh, this guy really, he can't, he he doesn't like finish at the rim really. Um, You know, and he's a six foot 10 guy. Like that's sort of a prerequisite. Um, He's a fantastic lights out shooter, but you know, I, I don't know. There's there's some worries there. And then I, I worry a bit about his handle coming together. Um, I worry a bit about his his defense, you know, not in the sense of, of do I think that he can defend? Because I do think he can. But like 
at that height and whatever, will he ever be able to be a rim protector? And then like, what's his ceiling if he can't really be a rim protector and he's more or less just like a man defender. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of questions with him to me, but I, I still think that the, the overall talent is tantalizing enough that I would put him just above Paolo, but I still think Chet like is going to be a two way stud. And even if he just turns into like, like hyper athletic Brooke Lopez sort of like with more passing ability and a little more ball handling, like I think that's a really, really good player and he's going to make a lot of money in his NBA career. If he can just hit the three and defend the rim and do some of the other stuff that he does, like he's going to have a long successful NBA career. So I, I, that's a guy that I'm still betting on number one, though. I totally yeah. see your case for sharp and Ivy, which we'll probably talk about in a minute with the, the fourth pick when we get there. Well, Alex, if you're looking for a place to bet on him, I got gotcha. you. It is betonline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And they recently came out, and I, this is what I'm looking at, um, NBA championship exact outcome odds and the second best odds are the ones that I'm the most into the Boston Celtics over the Golden State Warriors plus 325 or 13 to 4 I'd be throwing a ton of money down on that I don't see Golden State uh losing to Dallas even though Dallas uh proved a lot against my sons uh I think Boston is is just better than Miami I think Boston is it pains me to say but clearly the best team left so that's I would throw some money down there maybe throw a little bit on Boston over Dallas as well and if you want to join me in that, you should head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, BetOnline, where the game starts. And with that, we are back on Locked on Knicks' third and final segment. Yeah, I see I see Holmgren as as Rudy Gobert, but you can you can never you can't ignore him on offense like teams do with Rudy, like in in, in the slightest. Like I think he's gonna be a 35 to 37% three-point shooter. I think he's gonna develop a bit of like a game where he can attack closeouts pretty well and like take bigs off the dribble, finish around the rim creatively. Obviously the weight is a bit of a concern, but defensively it really, it isn't for me. Like the Embiid's and the Jokic's are going to bully everyone in the league, even if he was a lot bulkier, but his ability with his like hands and his intuition, and he's so unselfish on offense. I think he's, he's probably my second guy. And then I'd have Paolo pretty clearly at third. Um, I don't know about you. I, I'm a lot higher on Paolo coming off the NCAA tournament. I guess like a lot of people are. Um, and and for me, that was it wasn't anything about the regular season. I just didn't watch a ton of college basketball. But watching him in the tournament, like a lot of the concerns that people threw out there, it's it sort of maybe this is a weird comparison, but I guess it's another Duke wing. It reminded me of Cam Reddish on the Knicks a little bit where people have this perception that he was like the shoot first, shoot second, shoot third guy. But I, I saw a dude who wanted to make the right play and did so repeatedly, but also made just a lot of really ballsy shots. And obviously, like, people fall into that trap all the time. I think you, you've talked about this on the podcast before, Alex, of overvaluing the tournament. But especially for a freshman, just the willingness to take those shots over and over again and hit them over and over again really stood out to me. So between him and Holmgren, I'm, I don't have a strong leaning one way or another. Yeah, I, I like Paolo a lot, too, actually. And putting him third is not necessarily an indictment um, of him. And I think in many ways, I think he's actually a safer pick than say Jabari. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that Paolo's going to be a like worst possible outcome of his career, I think. And I know this is actually pretty lofty. Like this isn't, this isn't like a scrub. It's, it's a guy who's like a replacement ish level scorer, but still good player. Like, I think he's probably going to end up like a Harrison Barnes or something at worst. Yeah. Taller. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like a taller, bigger Harrison Barnes. Like that's like his, his like, like 0% outcome, you know, unless short of something that makes him wash out of the league for some reason, uh, yeah. like injuries or something like that. But as long as he stays healthy and, 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 you know, more or less just continues his path, I, I could definitely see him being at worst Harrison Barnes. And at best, like Jason Tatum, like what you said, you know what I mean? That's like, that's the ceiling for him. If everything pans out um, based off his fluidity and his, his overall scoring instincts and everything else, also, the fact that Duke players, similar to Kentucky guys, sometimes do come out and then show us a lot more in the NBA than they had in college, um, which was the case with Tatum. And uh, you could argue it's definitely been the case with R.J. Barrett. Um, even, I mean, for as good as he was in college, you could almost argue that when he's been healthy, that's almost been the case for Zion Williamson, too. So that like and even for Cam Reddish, who's put together a lot more in the NBA than he did in that really bad season at Duke for his one season. So. You know, there, there's definitely some evidence that that top tier talent, especially top tier like wing talent that goes to Duke, sometimes has a little more, uh, you know, in the bag than than what was shown when they were there. Um, then if I'm getting towards the fourth pick, then uh, I think I'm I, I'm with you. Like I I'm can really strongly considering moving sharp over Ivy at this point, as much as like I think there's times on this podcast all the way back to when we did like our first draft primer, like whenever that was back in like December, where I was like, why is Jaden Ivey the most perfect prospect in the entire draft for the Knicks? Like <laughs> that they maybe won't be able to get, um, uh, you know, I still think that's the case, but I do think that the, uh, the upside with Sharp is so tantalizing. Like he's, he's definitely, he's a player. Like, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, can you see enough from him in workouts and from the combine and everything else that, He'll sell you on that, but like honestly, if he shreds the combine, um, I'm all in on him. I think at that point, like I just think that's him against light competition, showing that he's got a killer instinct, that he's not coasting. If he does all the drills and everything too, and like comes out eager to please and eager to prove that he belongs, like I think that would say a lot about him. Um, if if he skips a bunch of stuff or whatever, like maybe that starts to make me think, like, well, what are you hiding then at that point? Because you, you need this. Like, of all the players in this draft, you need the combine. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes with him. But I, I think he's going to go out there and crush it. Um, then I would probably have Ivy next. Although, Gavin, I wanted to float this question to you because I think we're pretty well we're pretty well spoken on this pod at this point about, about like, Ivy and, and Sharp and that sort of thing because we talk about them a lot because they're honestly dream picks for the Knicks. But in a world where the Knicks decide that they are going to move off of Julius Randle this year. Maybe they even do it prior to the draft or something. Who knows? Um, are you of the mind then maybe of looking at a guy like a, like if none of those guys jumps up and makes a Ben Caro or a Smith or a Holmgren available uh, at pick four, would you potentially look at a Keegan Murray there? Who's also pretty young in his own right, put up bonkers counting stats, uh, you know, as a sophomore this year, he's a sophomore, correct? Not crazy. Keegan Murray. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was an old sophomore yeah. though. But yeah. Yeah, slight, slightly older, right. but yeah. still a sophomore. Um, but yeah. so as a sophomore, put up amazing numbers this year. Like his per 36 numbers just are crazy in all yeah, respects. He, offense, defense. It's yeah. kind of like Obi, honestly. Yeah. So how do you feel about him? Like, would would is there a world where if the Knicks are definitely moving off Randall that you would think about taking a Murray? I think him and Obi playing small ball four or five together would be insane. I don't think you you don't have a lot of rim protection, which and I mean, this is what we always run into, right? Like, would Tibbs ever actually do it? But theoretically, with with the like, if Chris Finch was coaching the Knicks tomorrow, 
that would be insanely interesting. Um, Caitlin Cooper uh, put out a great Twitter follow, put out this great stat today that um, at, on all the conference finalists, Maxi Kleba is the only player 6'10 or bigger, averaging 25 or more minutes per game. And, and you could throw out the caveat that teams have like slightly smaller guys that function as much bigger players, like a Robert Williams or a Bam Adebayo. Um, so I, and Draymond on Golden State, but it, it tells you that you like it, it's hard to play these big lumbering dudes in postseason basketball. And that's, that's to circle back. That's part of the appeal of Chet is I, I think he falls into the category of someone who can survive pretty well and will be able to victimize smaller players. Again, that's pending him putting on some weight, but it also gives some appeal to the other direction that if you really believe in Keegan Murray as more than a shooter, which I do to some extent, and I think a lot of people are really high on, then he, he's pretty interesting. And just the way him and Obi, like the intensity they play with defensively and like how open the floor would be. I mean, that, that, that's a dream world for Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett and their ability to get all the way to the rim. I wouldn't take him over those other guys. Like I, I just think Ivy and Sharp are, are better bets to become stars. But I mean, he's he's an interesting fit for sure. I'm just gonna throw. I mean, I know the stats are stats, but I'm gonna throw his his per forty numbers out there because they're just yeah. insane. Uh, twenty nine point five points per game on fifty five point four percent from the field, thirty nine point eight percent from three, seventy five percent from the free throw line, and a total of oh man he actually he somehow got slightly worse from his his first year to his second year in this in in per 40 but uh a total of four stocks per game uh or per 40 i should say distributed over 2.4 blocks and 1.6 steals and his freshman year he actually did 2.8 blocks and 1.9 steals uh and also it should be noted for those that maybe worry oh it, does he get into foul trouble or whatever Freshman year, four fouls uh, or 4.2 fouls per 40, which, of course, in college is, makes you very close to fouling out every game. Uh, and as a sophomore, only 2.3 fouls per 40 minutes. So he managed to put up those really impressive counting stat numbers while not fouling a ton, which is always a good thing, I think, especially for Knicks fans to look at after having a number of like bigs over the years that have kind of struggled in that category. So, um yeah, I, I would have to give him a look. If you know you're getting off Julius Randle, I think I think he's a guy worth looking at. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that it would be an interesting conversation to have. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I, I think pretty resolutely, if I was going to, if we want to just quickly say our top four before we sign off and then let the lottery gods do their work here, uh, I would probably say my top four going in would be Chet, Jabari by a hair, Paolo, although they're in a virtual tie for me because it depends on I, I, honestly, like if you're getting rid of Julius Randle for sure, I almost would move would move Paolo ahead just for the guaranteed you know production because I feel like there's going to be a big chasm of scoring and also passing that'll be that'll be left there if Randle leaves, um, and then followed by I think I'm kind of with you. I'm not quite as not quite as bullish, but I, I think I'm kind of moving sharp ahead of Ivy at this point. Maybe that's presumptuous, but. If he has a good combine, he's he's definitely moving into my top four, I think. Yeah, I'm going uh, Shaden, Chet, Paolo, Jabari. Um, all, all close. Like, I, obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if Jabari ends up being a way better player than Shaden Sharp. But I just – I think the Knicks need that that star guard. Like, that that's that's the missing piece on this team more than what those other guys bring. And I think Sharp is, is probably the one dude in this draft that fits that mold. But anyways, um, that is it 
for this edition of the Locked on Knicks podcast. Everyone, uh, pray to your uh, personal uh, basketball god of choice, and uh, let's hope let's hope for some luck this year. We've we, 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 we've suffered long enough. We, we deserve it, and uh, you guys deserve more content, which we will have for you all week. Um, an immediate um, post uh, lottery reaction. Um, I think we're, we're Alex. We're thinking of doing a live show, right? Potentially. Alex? Yeah, I think we're going to try a live stream. Yeah, I think we'll yeah. do that. And there's going to be the the Locked On NBA uh, lottery show tonight as well, which I will be taking part in. Uh, and also, if people haven't listened yet, go listen to our mock draft 1.0, where we had the Knicks picking 11th. And took Dyson Daniels, which is probably a way more realistic option than any of the guys we talked about today. So yeah, and he's going to be better than all these guys anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, of course. But, uh, I'm almost surprised. Defender. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost surprised you didn't have him in your top four, Alex. But anyways, uh, that is it for this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. Well, tons of coverage for you guys throughout the week, throughout the whole summer. So stick with us on Locked On Knicks. Until then, be good. Peace out.